when it clicks for you that the more influence that you have in your organization, the more you can help other people have a good experience, the more motivated you start to feel to step into those leadership positions. Every time you work through something frustrating, you become a more valuable employee. You become more hireable. You become more in demand. And when you start to make that link, it can take some of the negativity away and some of the frustration away. And you can begin to see these things as opportunities for you to cultivate a really successful, high impact career. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Jess. I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am a full-time podcaster and career coach for women. I used to have a career in the corporate space. And if you've been around here for a little bit, you know that I went on my own journey of finding confidence and learning to trust in myself and have a stronger voice in my role. And I was able to build a thriving, successful nine-to-five career despite really struggling with imposter syndrome and insecurities at the start of my career. And now I am here to help you do the same. I'm here to help you find your voice. I'm here to help you build confidence. I'm here to help you elevate into leadership roles. And I am so excited because today I am talking about some of the challenges that come with landing and transitioning into a leadership role. So often I talk about that as the ultimate goal. That's the mission behind why I do this podcast and why I do this work. My ultimate goal is more women in leadership positions because it is still so imbalanced in the corporate space. And I want to help ambitious women believe in themselves and believe that they have what it takes to make a big impact, to thrive in their careers, and to step into big leadership positions. That is what gets me excited. (laughs) That is what gets me feeling really juiced up. And that's what I'm talking about today. What I haven't talked about often are the challenges that you face when you land a leadership role or when you're transitioning into one. You might be in process of transitioning into one. So there are reasons why it can feel really challenging and you might experience growing pains. And I wanted to guide you through those growing pains in today's episode. But because I'm going to be talking about why leadership roles can be hard and difficult and why they can really, really stretch you, I want to balance it out by talking about the positives and the pros of landing a leadership role because I don't want to dissuade you out of your own ambition simply because it is challenging and it isn't the easiest thing. So I want to have a balanced conversation about why it's hard and why it's good because in my opinion, it is totally worth the hard. So Some of the reasons why a leadership role is appealing and why I think it's worth going for and why I think it's worth navigating all of the challenges that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode is because, number one, you get to have a bigger impact. 
when you are in a leadership role, you get to do more largely scoped projects. You get to do things that have a bigger impact on the growth and evolution of your company. You get to have a bigger impact on the culture of your company. So all of the things around you and the culture around you that you don't like or you feel like are stifling or you feel like aren't truly supportive of employees— the more you rise up into leadership positions, the more you can change those things for the good. So when I say bigger impact, it's not just about the impact that you have on the business and in the role itself. It's about the impact that you have on the company and on the culture and on the people. And in my opinion, that is even more exciting. I get really excited about compassionate, empathetic, heart-centered women becoming leaders because I know and I believe so deep in my bones that one of the side effects of that as that happens more and more is that company cultures are going to improve and become more human and more understanding and more empathetic. You becoming a leader could create a higher quality of life for hundreds of people, for thousands of people. That's one of the reasons that I feel so passionate about this work because we have so many leaders out there who don't care about people, who really like give zero Fs about the quality of life of people. And we desperately need leaders who do care. And most of the women and the humans who follow my work are people who care deeply. This is a trait that I've seen across almost all of the women that I've met who listen to this show is that they want their teams to have a good experience. And I think when it clicks for you that the more influence that you have in your organization, the more you can help other people have a good experience, the more motivated you start to feel to step into those leadership positions. So that's the first benefit is that you get to have a bigger impact, not just on the work that you do, but on the culture of your company, on the well-being of your employees and your teams. That is huge. Another really fun benefit of advancing into leadership roles is you gain more flexibility and autonomy. This was something that I loved in my corporate career. But on the one hand, while your work is higher stakes and you're more on the hook to deliver outcomes, on the other hand, there are fewer people micromanaging you and breathing down your neck. So you have to be a bit more self-accountable in that way because your work really does matter. But it's just a lot easier to move your schedule around the way you want and do your work in the way you want. You get to make more of the rules for yourself, which I found very fun and very freeing. And for me, I just found it was easier and easier to do that as I had more title and influence in the organizations that I was in. So that is a really wonderful benefit. Another benefit is that you make more money, like way more money. If you look at someone's compensation and how much it grows, compensation in a corporate setting grows exponentially as you step into leadership positions. So when you're going from, let's say, associate level to senior associate to manager to senior manager, you're getting pay bumps that are like 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K, 50K. But then as you start to get into executive positions, your pay raises start to get much larger. And all of a sudden, your salary jumps by 50K, 100K, 150K, 200K. And for me, what I realized is I'm giving tons of energy and tons of myself to this company 
no matter what title I'm in. So I might as well be really well compensated for it so that I have freedom and flexibility in my life to have the things that I want and to be taken care of and to feel comfortable. That is a huge benefit of a leadership role, in my opinion. And before I get into some of the drawbacks and why it can be hard to be in a leadership role, the last benefit I want to share is personal growth. And this is actually related to the drawbacks. When you're in a leadership position, you will be stretched in ways that you won't be stretched in your prior positions. You will experience things that are more challenging. You will have more responsibility on you to deliver despite those challenges. And while that can feel really, really hard, and we're going to talk about that hard in today's episode, it's also going to help you grow and become more effective overall. Because as you're faced with challenges and difficult things, You develop the capability to navigate those challenges, and then you're able to take on more and do more because you become more adept and more competent. Your competence grows. You get better at getting things done. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to record today's episode is because something that I see often that I hope that I can help you with by talking about this is that people find themselves in a role where they have increased responsibilities. Maybe they got promoted. Maybe they jumped into a bigger leadership role. Maybe their company was reorged and they're finding themselves in a role that has more responsibility. Maybe they're in process of proving to their manager that they can handle a leadership role. So they're taking on bigger, more complex projects. But what I see so often is that people find themselves in a broader higher level leadership role and it feels frustrating and it feels difficult and it feels stressful and it feels overwhelming. And sometimes they feel like they're doing it wrong. You might feel this way if you've been through this transition. You feel like you're doing it wrong. You must be missing something. There must be some more skills that you need, like something isn't going the way it's supposed to be and it's because of you. And in reality, a lot of the growing pains and frictions that you're experiencing are just a natural part of the process of growing your leadership skill set. And today, I want to talk about why those growing pains might feel as hard as they do and why being in a newer leadership position or transitioning into something more complex might feel as difficult and as frustrating as it does feel and what you can do to reduce some of that frustration and be more effective in moving through the challenges that that role presents you with. So in order for me to walk you through this, I want to distinguish between two types of work that individuals do at companies. So the first type of work that individuals do at companies is execution. Execution means I am moving something from point A to point B. So you have hired me to move this thing from point A to point B. And I show up in my job and I move that thing from point A to point B. And then when I'm done, I do it again with the next thing. That is the execution that is involved in my job. I know what to do. I know what's expected. My company knows what's expected. And I show up there to do it. That is execution. I want to contrast that with leadership. Leadership is different than execution. Leadership means first that you're there to define where point A is and where point B is. In other words, instead of being hired and told exactly how you should execute and being told, hey, your job is to move this from point A to point B, 
as a leader, it's your job to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Where is point A? Where is point B? What does that even look like? You're defining the scope of your own deliverables and of your team's deliverables. So you're not even into the execution yet because the leadership portion of your role requires you to define what the execution even should be and what it should look like. The other component that's a really big part of leadership is navigating all of the obstacles that try to derail you from moving something from point A to point B. So once you define what point A is, and once you define what point B is, there are times when you can just show up, do your job, and move the thing from point A to point B, and it goes great, and it's simple, and it's easy, and everyone's happy, and you go home feeling productive and satisfied. Now, typically, as you take on bigger and bigger roles, and as you step into broader leadership roles, the number of obstacles between point A and point B increases. In other words, the more that you're an individual contributor and you're just in a pure execution role, the fewer obstacles you will face and be expected to overcome in moving something from point A to point B. Whereas I want to contrast that with the higher level leadership role you have, the broader set of responsibilities you have, the more obstacles are going to arise that get in the way of you moving something from point A to point B, and the more you are directly responsible for addressing and overcoming those obstacles. So it's not just that the number of obstacles is higher, but also the expectation is that you will be the one to clear the obstacles. So when you're in an individual contributor role and obstacles come up, it's not as much your responsibility to clear those obstacles. Usually someone else above you, it's their responsibility to clear those obstacles. But as you become a leader, not only are there more obstacles, but also you are on the hook for clearing those obstacles. So to summarize what I've shared so far, there are two different kinds of ways that you can add value in your company. One is through execution. And the other way is through leadership. Execution is when your company says, hey, I need you to move this from point A to point B. And you go ahead and you move that thing from point A to point B. Leadership is where your company says, hey, I need you to figure out what even needs to get done. I need you to find where is point A and where is point B? Where are we moving it to? We don't know. We need you to figure that out. Oh, and by the way, once you figure it out, it's going to be really messy. And you're going to have to figure that out too and make it happen. So in addition to you having to move something from point A to point B, you have to define point A, you have to define point B, and you have to clear the many obstacles that are getting in the way. So hopefully this is giving you a little bit of a feel for how I think about the difference between leadership and execution. Now, here's one really, really, really big reason why people get into a leadership role and they feel very frustrated and very overwhelmed, and things don't feel good. Like, it just feels chaotic. It feels messy. Things aren't going the way that they want them to go. Part of the reason that happens is because as someone who is very good at execution, which typically most of the people that listen to my podcast, at least the ones that I've met and interacted with and gotten to know, 
most of you are really good at execution. If someone tells you, move this from point A to point B, you can sure as hell know that you are going to move that thing from point A to point B. This is a quality that I see consistently over and over in the women and humans that are attracted to my podcast and to my work. They are very good at execution and they are very reliable. They show the F up and they move it from point A to point B. So typically what happens is you get very good at execution. You get very good at moving the thing from point A to point B and you create success in your role. And because you've created that success in your role, at some point, hopefully you are rewarded with a bigger leadership position and you find yourself in this leadership position And your strongest muscle and your most practiced thing that you do in your job is execution, moving something from point A to point B. That's what you've been doing. Now, what happens, though, is when you get into a leadership job, your proportion of responsibilities shifts. And rather than your role being 100% or 90% or 80% execution, like it was before, now it's maybe 50% execution and 50% leadership. And when you step into a role that requires equal parts leadership and execution, and you get into that role ready to execute, ready to make things happen, ready to move things from point A to point B, you get frustrated because you can't. You can't just get in there and brute force execute because first you need to lead to even know what you're there to execute. However, since you're so used to execution, it feels frustrating. It feels like you can't do what you're there to do. You feel unclear on what to do and you feel stuck. But the reason you're stuck is just because your brain is looking to work in a way that it's used to working And now you're just working in a new way. Instead of showing up and doing mostly execution, now you have to lead. Now, here's the thing about leadership is that it's much messier than execution. And you can't just jump in and get that quick sense of satisfaction of making things happen and moving things along because you first have to put the scaffolding in place to know what the execution even should be. So you go from a situation where you know what's expected of you, you're good at it, you've delivered it, to now a situation where it's unclear what's expected of you. You have to help define that. And like I said before, you have to clear a whole bunch of obstacles out of the way. And you cannot execute your way through the leadership portion of your job. In other words, you can't just brute force, I'll put in more hours, I'll put in more focus, I'll put in more work, I'll work harder. You can't just take your execution and execute harder in order to do the leadership portion of your job well. And as soon as you accept that your job is changing and that a different skill set is required and that it's no longer about just brute force execution and working hard, but that you have to develop a new skill set and a new way of relating to your work, you will feel less frustration because you will no longer be trying to execute through something where execution is not the right skill to move it forward. 
So here are some signs that you're in a situation that requires more leadership and less execution. So some typical signs that you are in that situation are, number one, the goals and guardrails and milestones of your role are not clearly defined. And when you're in pure execution mode, this can feel like a nightmare because all you want to do is execute, but you don't know what to execute against. And what can happen is if you get very locked into execution and you haven't developed your leadership skills as much, you start going in circles because you're just trying to execute. You just want to get things done. You want to execute. You're not used to setting vision and setting goals and setting direction but there is no roadmap for execution yet. That has to come from you. And so even though you want to execute and you're trying to execute, you can't. You first have to step into leadership and set the vision. And that's scary. You have to put yourself out there. You have to take a guess at what you think is best. You have to trust it. You have to put it in front of people. It's super vulnerable and it's super terrifying. And it's super different than execution. It's leadership. It's putting a stake in the ground. It's taking a stand and putting your perspective out there. But it is something that you are capable of doing if you're willing to be courageous, if you're willing to feel vulnerable, if you're willing to get uncomfortable. Because most most of the things that you have to do to be a good leader do not involve working more hours or executing harder. They involve you being willing to put yourself out there in more uncomfortable ways. And the first way that you do that is through having the courage to set direction, to set vision, to define the goals of the work that you're doing. Another sign that you're now in a role that requires less execution and more leadership is that as opposed to the goals being undefined, like I said before, the goals are not agreed upon. So in other words, some people are saying, you're here to move this from point A to point B. Some people are saying, you're here to move this from point A to point C. And some people are saying, you're here to move this from point A to point D. So there's conflicting goals, right? That's another situation where you cannot go into execution. You have to lead those stakeholders through the process of aligning on a goal. It's not about you moving towards the goal as quickly as possible. It's about you having the courage to step up and say, all right, I'm hearing a few different things. Let's talk about where we're headed and what makes the most sense for the team and the company. So that's the second sign that you are in a role that requires more leadership and less execution. Another sign that you are in a role that is now requiring more leadership and less execution is that your stakeholders are uninterested in supporting the work that you do, but they are required, like their participation is required for your success. So in other words, in order for you to move something from point A to point B, you need other humans to work with you and cooperate with you and your team, but those other humans are uninterested or difficult or uncooperative. A lot of times when this happens, and I say this judgment-free, this is just a pattern that I see and it can be helpful to identify it in yourself. A lot of times what happens when people are in a role and their stakeholders are difficult or uncooperative is they blame the stakeholders. 
and they say, I can't do my job because these stakeholders aren't participating, right? They're not working with me. And listen, I do not at all support people being rude or disrespectful. So I'm not talking about situations where people are just straight up not being good humans. I'm talking about situations where like your stakeholders have other priorities. They're busy. They don't understand why your thing is important, right? They're not incentivized to help you make a big push. And it feels frustrating because you're there to make a big push. Those are situations where it's not helpful to blame the stakeholder because then what that does is it puts your focus away from what you actually are there to do, which is that you're there to lead. So part of the reason a leadership role is more highly compensated is because now you're the one that has to figure out how to get those people on board. And it's actually a part of your job to build relationships with those people and to make sure that you have a proper level of collaboration with key people in your organization to get your job done. So it's no longer like a luxury that you get to expect that everyone's going to just go along with your stuff. It's on you to build the relationships, maybe hustle a little bit in building those relationships and to make that stuff happen. That's part of the leadership and that's something that can't be done through execution. Now, when you've been very execution-focused, all of these new leadership challenges can feel very frustrating. It can feel frustrating that the goals are undefined. It can feel frustrating that people disagree on the goals. It can feel frustrating that your stakeholders aren't being supportive of you moving towards the goals. All of those things can feel frustrating. And what I have found is that if you view those things as things that shouldn't be happening in your job, then it closes down your creative thinking and it makes it really hard for you to figure out how you can navigate those things and lead yourself and your team through those things. When you're in a leadership role, you're not just there to move things from point A to point B, but you're there to define point A, define point B, clear the obstacles that are in the way, get the stakeholders on board, and that is a part of your job description. And in fact, most of your energy should be going towards that versus execution because as you step into leadership roles, you have people on your teams to execute. Their time is best spent doing the execution. Your time is best spent doing the leadership. Now, I want to share a couple tips that will help you succeed as you're transitioning to a leadership role. Number one is a mindset shift, and I really encourage you to see the chaos, the lack of defined goals, the difficult stakeholders, all of that stuff. I encourage you to view that as part of the role. If you view it as this outside thing that shouldn't be happening to you, it puts you out of the mindset of like, oh, I'm going to solve it. I'm going to get past it. Like, this is part of what I'm here to do. And listen, I know it's frustrating. I know that it's super exhausting. I know that it's hard, especially when it's newer. But as you learn how to navigate these things, you will be able to be way more effective. You will be able to step into ambiguous situations and and situations where people are frustrated and situations that are really chaotic and messy. And you will be able to have an outsized impact in those situations. And that's what's going to make you very, very hireable. And that's what's going to propel your career forward. Because just like those circumstances are super frustrating to you, those circumstances are super frustrating to everyone. And not everyone wants to deal with all that. And not everyone can deal with that. Not everyone is able or willing to build the skill to deal with that. So 
When you're someone who can deal with that, who can be dropped into chaos, who can be dropped into disorganization, who can be dropped into mayhem, and who can figure it out and get it across the finish line, you become very valuable. You become an asset and you become someone who is best placed in a high-level leadership position. So every time you feel the frustration, just remember that you facing that frustration and working through it is building equity in your skill set. Every time you work through something frustrating, you become a more valuable employee. You become more hireable. You become more in demand. And when you start to make that link, it can take some of the negativity away and some of the frustration away. And you can begin to see these things as opportunities for you to cultivate a really successful, high-impact career. And I just want to make sure you know that I know how hard this is. And it's normal to be frustrated. and. It's normal to want to try to blame your stakeholders and it's normal to feel like it should be easier. And it's really empowering when you realize you're so much more capable than you thought you were of getting through this mess. There is something so satisfying about being faced with something really messy that feels like you can't do it and feels like all the odds are stacked against you and then showing the F up for it and being super impressed by what you were able to deliver. For me, that gives me an enormous feeling of satisfaction. It's why I really liked my corporate job. I liked messes. I liked figuring out like, how can we fix this? It's why I like running my business. I like things that are hard. I like things that feel impossible. I like the rush and the thrill of doing something that my brain is telling me is impossible. Now, If you're not like me and you're not into that, that's okay too. I think we should all do what makes us happy and what we enjoy. But if you have a talent for solving problems, if you have a lot of drive, if you want to learn how to do these things, keep going and keep with it and keep learning and keep showing up for it because the corporate space needs you. (laughs) Okay, so that's the first shift is just to realize that all of these things are part of the job description and that they're part of your responsibility as a leader. So they're not just like anomalies or bad things that are happening to you in your role. They're just inherent in taking on more responsibility. The other thing you want to do to build out your leadership skills and set you up for success in roles that are more leadership than execution is you want to treat relationships as a full-time work stream. So typically when we're in execution mode, we think of our work streams. I, I use the word work streams, right? But whatever word you might use. But we think of our different work streams, our different pieces of work is like, okay, I have that project, I have that project, and I have that project. Maybe it's project A, project B, and project C. And when you're in a leadership role, what you need to be thinking is, okay, I have my relationship management. That's half of my job. And then I have the rest of my job. So in other words, I have project A, I have project B, I have project C, and I have project R. (laughs) Project R is project relationships. This means I know who my key stakeholders are across the organization. I'm taking steps to understand them and their business and stay up to date with what they're doing and keep them up to date with what I'm doing. I'm building an interpersonal component to our relationship. You don't have to be best friends with them, but the more that you have cultivated mutual respect for one another, the easier it will be to gain cooperation. So you have to view that relationship building as part of your role. And I think it's so important to remember 
that you can do this while being yourself, right? I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm quiet. I'm an introvert. Like, I don't want to do that. You're not the only quiet introvert. There are other people at your company who are going to be like, oh, thank God she's introverted like me, right? Like, you don't have to go be someone else. Like, you will find your people that click with you. Like, you can succeed just being you. You don't have to change your personality, but you do have to be willing to put yourself out there to add Project R, (laughs) Project Relationships, to your plate as one of your work streams that is always going in perpetuity. If you want a little bit of help and guidance, I have a resource to help you do this in my free resource library. So I always forget what it's called because I gave it a really long name, which like, why did I do that? That was not a smart idea. But hold on, let me tell you what it's called. Okay, it is called the Audience Personalization and Relationship Building Worksheet. So it's basically a worksheet that guides you through the process of identifying which stakeholders in your organizations are ones that you should be cultivating relationships with. And it gives you a list of simple questions that you can ask them. So you want to reach out to them and say, hey, just wanted to connect with you, see how things are going with your team, make sure I'm up to date on the latest of what your focus is, going to grab 30 minutes. And in this worksheet, I list out the questions that I recommend you ask your stakeholders to kick off that relationship building process. So this worksheet lives inside my free resource library. My free resource library is a one-stop shop. It's a library of all my free courses, ebooks, worksheets, templates, audio courses. They're all organized in the free resource library by category, and you can get it for free at justguysatcoaching.com slash free resources. At the very top of the page, it says, click this button to get the free resource library and you can grab it. It will help you kick off your process of managing and developing relationships with key stakeholders in your organization. So that's my second tip for success in a leadership role and for building out your leadership skill set is make sure that you're treating relationship building as a full-time work stream, just like your other work streams. The third tip I'm going to share, and this is the hardest one, and it's also the one that's going to help you grow the most, is that you have to be willing to feel two things. And they're, they're similar. So it might be just me describing one thing in two different ways. You have to be willing to feel vulnerable and you have to be willing to feel uncomfortable. When you're in a role where things are undefined, when you're in a role where not everyone's ready to help you and you have to put in that extra legwork to get that support, like when you're in a role where you have to put yourself out there in these new ways, it is going to feel vulnerable and uncomfortable to do those things. It is going to feel very uncomfortable to make your best guess at how you think things should go and to put that in front of leaders and executives. It is going to be uncomfortable to put yourself out there and be building relationships and be having these human interactions as part of the work that you do. These things are going to elicit feelings of vulnerability, feelings of discomfort. That is completely, completely normal. What I want to share with you on this is that typically our brains will have us avoiding discomfort and avoiding feeling vulnerable. And we have to get really intentional and make a decision that I'm willing to feel vulnerable, I'm willing to feel uncomfortable in order to cultivate these leadership skills. Otherwise, we're going to be avoiding the actions that we need to take to succeed in a leadership role. And we're going to be trying to muscle our way 
through the uncomfortable leadership tasks by over-relying on execution. And this is where you will start to feel frustrated in your role because execution isn't the skill set that you need. However, it's the skill set that your brain is going to want to default to because execution is comfortable. It is comfortable to move something from point A to point B. It is uncomfortable to put your ideas out there and build relationships and be stepping into leadership. So your brain is going to want to try to apply the execution skill set, which is really, really comfortable, to a situation that requires leadership. That's not going to work, and then that's going to yield frustration. So one of the ways you're going to get out of that cycle is to say, I'm willing to be uncomfortable, and in fact, I'm going to take steps that will feel uncomfortable so that I can step into greater leadership. Now, the cool thing is, as you do things that are uncomfortable— And as you see yourself succeeding, despite those scary steps, your confidence grows. So if self-confidence is something that's important to you, then this is something that is going to grow that over time. I think about it as the currency of self-confidence. When we're willing to feel uncomfortable and do these scary things, it's not that we get no reward for it. The reward that we get is we deepen our trust with ourselves, we deepen our relationship with ourselves, and we deepen our self-confidence. So in summary, if you've stepped into a leadership role and it's feeling hard, it might be because you're really used to execution. Execution feels more comfortable, but you really need to be doing less execution and more leadership. And one of the best ways that you can get better at making that pivot is number one, accept that a normal new part of your job is that things are going to be undefined and chaotic and there are going to be new obstacles that weren't there before. And that's just part of it. That's just how it's going to be. That's totally okay. You are going to learn to navigate it. You can totally handle it. Number two, treat relationships as a full-time work stream. Take that as seriously as you take the actual work that you do. And number three, be willing to feel uncomfortable and vulnerable and don't try to bypass feeling uncomfortable by doing more execution because that won't work for the parts of your job that require leadership. And you also won't be able to thrive and grow in your role and in your company if you're always falling back on execution when really what's needed is leadership. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm so grateful to have you here. If you want to work with me to deepen your leadership, I am in a gradual process of developing a group program for women who want to deepen their leadership skills. It is in the early stages of its infancy, the early stages of its development. But if you are interested in learning more about it and getting updates behind the scenes, you can add yourself to the early interest list by going to jessguzzitcoaching.com slash leadership. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.